Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast from the Super Bowl. It's Thursday, February 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today was the final opportunity for reporters to meet with the Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles, and the big sigh of relief you hear is from the players. They've had media obligations for four straight games, and now that part of their week is out of the way. We have four conversations on today's show. You'll hear from tight end Travis Kelsey from his podium session where he spoke about how he's redefined the position, and there's a touching tribute to his brother Jason, the Eagles center. Next up is defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, who touched on a variety of subjects, but I found his comments on how to stop Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts and the RPO most interesting. Then we leave the field for a moment and hear from team president Mark Donovan. We chatted about the NFL draft coming to Kansas City in April and what that will mean for the city. Finally, Chris Jones takes us out. I wondered if he could name the five Chiefs who are poised to start the, all of the Chiefs' Super Bowl appearances in the past four years, but I also wanted to know from his Super Bowl experience the range of emotions he's felt from winning the big game to losing it the next year. Okay, let's get started with Travis Kelsey. You and, and George Kittle and, and Greg Olson have, in a way, really made the tight end position cooler than it's ever been. Why have you organized, especially the beacon, for doing something like that and, and making sure that people do look good? Okay, you guys got to focus on this. Well, I think uh, it starts with the, you know, the type of character that you got in the tight end It's usually a selfish guy that puts the team first, that, uh, that just has a whole lot of fun playing the game, man. That's what you see out of uh, us three specifically, but it's, uh, it's all across the league. And um, there's a lot of talent in the tight end room across the league. I'm very fortunate here that uh, Coach Reed um, showcases my talents on the field a lot and puts a lot of trust in me to, uh, you know, have success with this offense. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, because of tight end, we can keep creating that spark in the tight end room and uh, the type of mismatch that we can have out there on the field. So league-wide, we can really get the position uh, that much more ingrained in the offense. Travis, to your left here. Could you take us back a little bit to the, to the off-season workouts with Pat and some of the new receivers in Texas and, and how helpful that was as she kind of went to the ground of the season? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was Pat's idea to get everybody going before we got into OTAs. Um, and you know what, I think uh, that all that did was really just get the ball rolling and uh, get everybody uh, in the same mind frame. They kind of saw how, uh, how me and Pat, how uh, Nicole was down there, uh, Clyde was Clyde was there was down there working their tails off, and they saw the practice habits there, and then that was just an easy way to transition right into OTAs when we got the coaches involved and, and the entire team together. But um, you know, it was uh, as much as we like to say it's a, it's about a culture here. Um, can't say enough about the guys that came in that took this to heart. They, they and uh, you know. It's cool looking back on it now because you see the determination, you see the focus, you see the want to want to get to a position that we're in. And um, man, it's, uh, it's gratifying for sure. But I don't think enough is said about the professionals that, that, that came in, the guys that came in this year uh, with the right mindset each and every single day, even when uh, you know we weren't even clocking in with the Chiefs. We were just trying to figure out how we were going to make this thing work. Hey, Travis, over here to your 
We know how much Patrick Mahomes spent in your career with NFL honors today and, and being up for an MVP award and him winning one in his uh, second year. What's it mean to you to see the evolution of him from that first MVP year to now uh, being a favorite to win MVP and, and seeing how he's evolved over this year in comparison to that first MVP season he had? Um, I think we just seen him uh, grow as a quarterback. He's, he's, his talent level goes far beyond more than his uh, his ability to instinctually just go out there. You know, he's playing a step ahead. He's uh, he's almost playing chess out there in terms of he's got three or four moves already in his pocket, depending on what the defense does. And um, you know, that's uh, that's what's going to make him the greatest ever go down. And, and, and I love playing with him. And, yeah, he's nonstop always trying to find ways to make himself better for this team. And uh, you saw that uh, more so this year than any other year that we played, knowing that uh, the, the pieces were a little bit different on the, in terms of the, the weapons that he has and um, the scrutiny that everybody was kind of looking to see how he was going to take his game to the next level. And sure enough, um, I'm pretty sure he'll win MVP. Morning, Jeff. Why are you looking at why am I always open? I say it all the time, Andy Reid, baby. Big <laughs> Red, he, uh, he, can, he can dial some stuff up at the right time, create some things at the right time. Um, and then on top of that, you know, uh, everybody's doing their job. It's not just uh, me just go out there and get open kind of play. I'm sure you guys like to think that, but uh, there's, a lot of mad, there's a lot of madness to it. Um, and there's, uh, there's a lot of guys doing their job uh, for the big picture. And I'm fortunate that I'm not playing here. You talked about the new guys and the important role they play in the Super Bowl. Obviously, not the result y'all won last time in the Super Bowl. Do you use that as motivation this week? Do you tell them what it's like to lose the Super Bowl if you build up for this one? I don't even like to revisit that one. I'll tell you what, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, a private moment in my life. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's it's good wisdom to have. And um, as a leader, I don't think. Excuse me. As a leader, I don't think that. I stepped up to the plate as much as I should have in that game. And um, that's where it really burns me. So I'm just focusing on myself to be able to be the best leader that I can, the best uh, teammate that I can uh, come game day. And um, yeah, not put my team in a position like I did the last time I went to Super Bowl. Um, given that you're for you, what did you feel like was your toughest challenge this season? And what was necessary to overcome it to get to this point? Um, every single season has their challenges, and um, I feel like this year for me it was uh, keeping the body at full strength. That was probably the biggest thing for me. Uh, you know, week in, week out, we always try and get back to 100%. And, you know, in, in this league, towards the end of the season, especially with the 17th game now, like, it's just it was tough to try and get back to that top like, physical form, and um, especially the older you get. I'm sure everybody could account for that, but it's um, there's there's that aspect, and then the uh, the challenge of um, of every, uh, the injuries around you and things like that. But for the but for the most part, for me, it was uh, week in week out trying to get my body back to uh, playing the best physical form that I can. Travis, um, you, you talked a minute ago about Pat Lee winning the MVP. What would that mean to you and really the rest of the guys in the locker room if he did win that award? Um, really, it's just, uh, it's something that I know that at the end of his career, he's going to be able to hang his hat on, but Pat doesn't walk into that building thinking I need to be the MVP. He walks in that building trying to find the best way to, 
to, to beat the opponent that we had that week. And, um, and he just goes out there and he plays the style of football that he does. He has fun doing it with the guys that he, that he has around him, and, uh, and we rally around that. We rally, we, we rally around that excitement, that, uh, that want for, uh, and that desire to win um, with the guys next to us, man. It just makes coming into the building that much more fun. Hi, um, you and Patrick Mahomes have a very special relationship, and you talked a lot about the play-by-play mentality. With Mahomes coming off an injury and having a harder time getting out of the pocket, how are you and the rest of the offensive line uh, planning on creating opportunities to move forward on the field? Yeah, I mean that defensive line is uh, arguably the best in the in the game this year, and um, a big reason why they're here in the Super Bowl. And um, it's going to be a big task. But I know our offensive line. Um, everybody that's in the run game in the past game in terms of having to deal with uh, the front and protecting Pat, uh, we're all pretty locked in on the task at hand. And we know it's going to be a challenge. We know that they got some, they got some real dogs up front. And uh, even if they get to Pat once or twice, man, we got to find a way to, to still move the ball downfield and have success. Ruth Davis with Casey Cares. You and your brother are having a lot of fun with this. You're setting history. What's important about that? Situation and what do you have to say for the folks back in Cleveland who are your second biggest fans? <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what I, I love Cleveland to death. Um, the East Side of Cleveland, uh, where I grew up, is um, it's given me so much in terms of uh, my passion for sports, my passion for life, uh, my passion for the for the friends and family that I have around me, and. Um, I know, uh, I know the Heights is proud. We're, uh, we're representing you guys in uh, the biggest stage that we could possibly represent you on. And um, it's, uh, it's just, uh, there's a lot of pride for not only the city, but the people back home. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll go out there and, uh, and try and get a win, but I think it'll be a, be a little bit more of a cheese win. That's just a medium of the All right, we got three more young ladies here, Sam, Albert, Albert. Yeah, hey Travis, this is sort of playing off Diane's question about always being open. Uh, Chad told me a couple weeks ago that he thinks it's because you were a high school quarterback and you know how to set up coverage, you understand leverage, all of that. Um, how much does that experience having played quarterback in high school play into the play you are tight end now? Um, initially, I really didn't, going into the tight end position, um, man, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty big struggle, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable running routes. I didn't feel comfortable blocking. It took a, it took really a full year, two years, uh, until my senior year in college to really kind of hone my own craft. Um, and then it changed as soon as I got to the league. I went from really being a, a wide tight end, an inline tight end, to kind of this new creation that you see uh, Coach Reed and the offensive staff uh, really creating for me in this offense. And, um, Making that transition, I think, yeah, you have an understanding of what that quarterback is going through back there. You have an understanding of the progression on this play. You have the understanding of, all right, versus this defense, this is my, this is where I need to go with the ball. And um, if you have that kind of mindset, if you're in the quarterback's mind and you're thinking with him and the chemistry is there, uh, there's certain things you can do when you run routes to get open or to just make that guy's life that much easier. And that's my job. My job is to go out there and paint a picture for the quarterback to make his job that much easier, a clear cut, decisive uh, picture of where to go with the ball. And um, from that point on, as soon as I get in my hands, it's just, uh, that's when the fun starts. So it's just, you know, uh, 
I guess being a being a quarterback definitely helped out a lot because I get to understand how I kind of understand the conversations and, and the things that are going on in the quarterback's head. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like everybody's got to have that quarterback mentality or that quarterback mindset on reading the defense and uh, just in adjusting depending on what they present. Hey Travis, you spoke a couple days ago about the support that you received from some of the Cincinnati coaches the year that you were playing. Um, what kind of role did your brother play too in that and the support that you received from him? Man, I um when I got when I got removed from the team, I um when I got removed from the team, I got my scholarship too. So I was actually staying with my brother. I was in his room in his house. Um, kind of like uh, two brothers growing up living in the same room. Um, and uh, so in terms of rent, I wasn't paying rent. In terms of food, he was helping me with food. So I was literally living off him for, for quite a while down there. And he was, he was, my, uh, he was my lifeline. And um, that being said, every single day I was trying to do the right things. Um, and he went into the coach's office and actually uh, talked to numerous coaches and numerous people in the uh, Cincinnati staff to try and give me another chance to be on the team. And uh, I'm forever in debt to this guy for putting uh, his name, our name, you know, just putting his, his honor uh, on the line to, uh, to give me another chance. And uh, so that's when I say I, uh, I own all of him, I really do. Say, Travis, earlier to the question you said, not put. You were forced to not put your team in the same position than last time you were in the Super Bowl. What do you mean by that? Is that something that's obviously stuck with you for the past couple of years? I mean, through, uh, through every single game, you're going to have those ups and downs. Unfortunately, we had a lot of a lot of we had a lot of, uh, we, had a lot of um, we had a lot of challenges early on, and I don't think I, I handled it the best as a, as a leader in terms of stepping up to the plate, helping control the, the mindset. Um, making a big time play to spark some energy, to spark that momentum. Um, there were a few plays early on there that I just didn't feel like I did my job and on the sideline. Um, in terms of the energy and the, motive, and the, and the demeanor of the team, uh, that's where I really think I could, uh, I could help out with it. Last question in the back. Travis, we saw what happened in the NFC Championship game with the 49ers season gets derailed because of injuries at the quarterback position. People have talked about you and the possibility of you having to be an emergency quarterback. What about Blake Bell? Who's the better quarterback in that room? I'm going to say Blake Bell. I had a head slide. He, um, he's actually gone in a college game. And I believe it was uh, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, I think. He went down there a two-minute drive or something like that. To, I've seen a little bit of the highlights, and I've seen him play. Um, and just throwing it, throwing it around on the field. Yeah, I'm taking Blake Bell over here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Poetic justice in, in it being against Philly this year? Poetic justice? Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of strain when all my in-laws are from Philadelphia. I married a Philly girl, so now nah, I look at it. It's, once we get going, um, the opponent that's on the other side of the field is that's who you're trying to defeat. The 11 guys on offense over there, so how much different. Trent mentioned the dedication of the rookie group. When did you see that they would be yeah. not only talent-wise there, but mentally be able to put it together? You know, that, that was pretty evident early. Um, and Trent leads that, him, Brian Cook, from the mental standpoint. I think some of the other guys, the other three young guys, kind of fell into place on that. The coaches have done a terrific job. Uh, Dave and Donald work with them every day. I watch them in the meetings. I watch them on the field, how they interact. And it's really gelled together pretty good. Now, listen, we still need 60 more minutes. They can't go back to being rookies again. They got to advance as 
you know, experienced, somewhat experienced rookies. So, but I love what they've been doing. I love working with them. Uh, they embrace everything, so that's fun. Last one for me. Do you talk about Tampa at all and what went wrong in that game for these guys who are just coming in? Is there any talk about that in the building? This not week? really. Um, I'm not sure we would benefit from that. Now, listen, you know, myself, a bunch of other coaches on the staff have been through this before, so we pull on that experience to try to share with them try to stay away from potholes and things that might happen. And that's pretty much in the preparation pot. Once we get to the game, they just got to let it roll. Coach, how's Jalen changed since the first time you saw him? Jalen Watson? No. Jalen Hurts? Yeah. <laughs> I know you've I'm been kidding, studying him. I'm kidding with you. I know, I know you've been um, studying him. How's he changed since the first time you saw him? Uh, you know, I mean, he's still the, the same talented athletic quarterback, but I think it looks like to me – They've got him in the perfect system. It probably took them a year to figure out what they wanted to do with a quarterback. They sure have figured it out. He's comfortable with it. I'm impressed by what he does before the ball snap. And you see that in quarterbacks, the more and more they're in a particular system. You know, he finds a way to get him in and out of a, uh, a bad play and, and make it tough on the defense. And then one, once the ball snap, because it is an RPO and an option kind of game, he can change it in the middle of the play. And that's where he's really good. He was at Oklahoma. He, he, like C.D. Lamb's numbers went way down because when there was an option, Jalen's first inclination was just to go, and he made it work. Yeah. And his guys didn't get mad. They understood it. But he doesn't do that anymore. Not quite as much. I mean, I think he's got – listen, he's a talented thrower. People lose sight of the fact that he can drop back and throw it. He's got two really good – three number of weapons, right? We know he got two great receivers in the tight end. He's got a couple of backs that he can get it to. He's really smart and – Critical situations, critical situations for us are always third downs and fourth downs. He seems to always make the right decision on those, and I'm sure the coaches over there are happy with that because you put something in and rely on the guy that's getting the ball to make a decision during the play, and he seems to make them all right. I'm impressed, totally impressed with the whole offense. One last question. I talked to a guy with the Cowboys, scout, former scout and assistant coach, who said it's interesting. In he goes, you can look on film and you can see when a guy's got it, especially quarterbacks. When they, yeah. More than quarterbacks, they got it. Both of these quarterbacks kind of have that it factor. Can you talk about that? No, you're right about that, and everybody does describe it as the it factor. And it's something in their eyes. I mean, you see it in the Burroughs. You see it in Josh Allen. And you certainly see it in Jalen Hurts. I'm glad we have our guy that you can see there, too. That's the leadership. That's the confidence. And it spews all the way throughout the unit they're on. Um, and that's what makes you know, this particular unit we're going against really tough to defend. Thank you for your time. You Good luck. Pleasure. Thank you. Steve, I always call it, this is how old school I am, I always call it the bush push. You know, what the Eagles do on fourth and one. Yeah. And, you know. Like rugby football? Yeah. 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 What, what, what could, how do you defend it? You know, you I'll do? tell you, um, we... We spend, We don't normally spend, you know, an hour and a half on short yardage on a Wednesday night when we do it. But it was long last week, and for the same reason you're saying, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I'll try to get heavier guys in there and push with more weight. But you know, you're talking about getting that far, um, and a lot of bodies clashing. You know, the old adage is to you win with leverage, so you got to be lower than them and. I think Jalen's smart enough to realize what you're doing. He hops over the top. He finds the C-gap. So the best defense, in my opinion, is to not get in that situation. You know, easier said than done, right? But they're really good at it. Coach, your um, defense tends to, like, fly under the radar during the season. But it seems to, the tends to what? Fly under the radar, be a bit underrated. Yeah. 
come the postseason, it seems to come alive, and there's Chris Jones and Frank Clark making amazing plays. But what is it about your system, your scheme, that's so conducive to success in these big moments? Well, I, listen, I'm, I'm hoping that happens again. I, I always say this: what, what you've done in the past, the prior games, doesn't mean anything going into these games. So, it's all about these guys, our guys, stepping up and doing it again. And you, the young man that you mentioned, Chris Jones. Uh, if he's having the kind of game like he had last week, that certainly helps us. We need our best players to play their best football. And I think it comes back to those guys. That's why uh, in the big moments we've been able to do that. But none of that matters now. It's a whole different game and a whole uh, different game plan and another team that we're playing. So hopefully you can find 60 more, 60 more minutes of good football. How are we doing? Yes, how are you? Do you think that the league is going to go ahead and change the results of quarterbacks? Do you think go ahead and teams from pushing? That's an interesting question. Um, I got. I don't really know what they'll decide to do. I'm sure they'll look at it, um, and I guess it's all perception of what they is it good for football? Is it not good for football? Um, what do you think? I don't know. It's so hard to defend. I hope they get rid of it. Yeah. You know, I know the rule. There is a rule that you can't pull. You know, guys. I honestly thought that that also included pushing, but obviously that's not the case because um, they're doing it. But I think it'll just come down to. You know how the powers above feel. Is it good for football or not good for football? I don't. You know, a lot. Sometimes when rules are changed, it's because there's an injury. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at the research if there's an injury on that or not. But it looks like rugby to me. <laughs> you know, we were going to go back and pull rugby film out just to see. We should have probably asked some rugby players how they stop the scrum. But it seems like that scrum's always moving, though, right? It never. Yeah, pushing from behind. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but it's uh, you know it's. It's really genius and simplicity, right? And yet they've evolved. They've they've got things off of that. Now I was just going to say, yeah. it's like they can line up and then just pitch it. Yeah, they've been flipping it. They're they pretty smart in what they do. I give them a lot of credit for it. Yeah. A lot of teams run the read option stuff, but why are the Eagles so effective at it? Yeah, it starts with the quarterback, right? I mean, um, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's been doing it. You go back to his college career, and somebody said this the other day, and they're right. It was really impressive that he went from a system in Alabama. Played it really well, and he goes one year at Oklahoma. Played it really well, and now he's here, uh, however many years is in Philadelphia, and doing the same thing. I give a lot of credit to their coaches, who they know what he can do well, and they've just tailored it toward that. Um, and you can see the results. I mean, you know, they put together a good football team. They added AJ Brown. I think that brought in a whole new element because it's not two elite, uh, not one elite receiver out there. Now it's two, and you know, certainly number six has grown, you know, in maturity. We got a lot of weapons, and I think it all comes back to the guy that gets the ball in the sense. The common refrain is, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say that. Like, plus, AJ is a great blocker, too. Yeah. And, and listen, when you get that, I mean, he's been doing it all season long, but typically when you get to this point in the season, everybody knows what's at stake. Those guys are willing to do that. You know, maybe not during the season sometimes, but certainly yeah. now. The common refrain you hear with Jalen is you got to keep him in the pocket, make him a pocket pass. Yeah. Does that sell him short a little bit? I, listen, I, I, I think so because I've watched him from the pocket, you know, throw it out there to 11 and 6 and make some really big plays. The thing he adds to it is when he does get outside, he can improvise and make you look bad and come up with a big play. So there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league like that now. They can beat you with their legs. The unpredictability there, offense, yes. how do you strike the balance between being aggressive but yeah. not being caught out like the Niners and other teams have been? Yeah, we've been talking about it all week. Um, there's a lot of um, responsibility football when you play that kind of offense. And 
if we can be good on first and second down to get them in the longer third down, then maybe that's when you can do that. But short of that, you're always facing the possibility of a run or an RPO on any down distance. And if you're doing something, you know, it could be a big play for you, but it might be a really big play for them. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, you know, we keep talking about the World Cup, but the draft will be the largest event any city has ever hosted. And it's a celebration of the Chiefs, it's a celebration of the NFL, it's a celebration of Chiefs Kingdom. We think that's one of the biggest things is people are going to actually see how big Chiefs Kingdom is because people are going to come from all edges of the kingdom and beyond. Um, I think the economic impact is going to be impressive and significant. I think people don't realize yet how big it's going to be. Um, and perfect timing, right? I mean, you got a team that's performing at the highest level and hosting AFC Championship games, and now you got the league coming in. The difference between the draft and AFC Championship games, Super Bowl parades and things like that, is this is, this is really a league event. So you're going to see what the NFL does and how the NFL does this, and it's bigger than people think and realize. I, I, I look at it like parade, AFC, any playoff game, those are home games. Yeah. This is a neutral field event, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah it's funny you say that this year, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a neutral field, and I think that um, obviously there'll be fans from all over who come, uh, fans of every team that'll come. Uh, one of the reasons that the league chose Kansas City, and it was a competitive bid. Like it was, this is not a slam dunk by any means. And we really worked hard, and Kathy and Troy, and uh, a lot of people in the city worked hard to get it because we knew just how big an event it could be for the city. But it's really a celebration of football and what we do with 101, the legacy of Lamar. It just fit. But the league was, you know, the league, it's really easy for the league to take it to Las Vegas. Really easy to take to LA. It's really easy to take it to big cities. And we fought really hard with commissioner and others within the league to say these are the kind of events you've got to bring to cities like this that are so supportive of our teams year in and year out. So it'll be a celebration of football. It'll be a great celebration of Chiefs football. And it's a, it's an odd place for the for the hometown team to be in because. You know, Andy Reid can't participate in this. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes can't participate in this right. to you know to a large extent. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they're not moving their draft uh, headquarters yeah. to downtown to be part yeah. of this. So it's yeah, it's, an, it's another one of those realization things that people don't actually realize how integrated and 
all the technology that goes into actually conducting a draft. So the league has to have that set up at Union Station. Then our club, you know, we have redundancy on redundancy on redundancy in our training facility for draft day. Because the clock doesn't stop, right? You get a Wi-Fi outage or a power outage, or we, get, we had a couple years where we had tornadoes coming at us during the draft. But anything that goes down, it doesn't stop. It keeps going. So moving it to Union Station was thought about for, for a couple seconds, and we showed them what we do, and they're like, yeah, stay where you are. So I do think that um, we'll find ways for um, Patrick and others to participate if we can get them there. Some players will do stuff. Um, the, league will, the league will do what the league does, so you have a lot of superstars in town. Right, right. And just the, the square footage of space that's going to be used there is – I think I've heard it's going to be the largest area ever yeah. for the draft. Yeah. You know, on both sides of Liberty Memorial, yeah. right, with yeah. the, the mall, and uh, that um, you know that that really is an opportunity for I don't know Kansas City to show off a little bit, but also it'll be, there'll be place for fans to, to be and to go and to have that interactive area. Um, yep. So. What, what what would a fan expect coming into this? I mean, just something to do each time? I think there'll be something for fans of all ages to do and participate in, whether it's VIPs sitting next to the stage when the draft pick comes out, or whether it's kids playing flag football in front of uh, World War Museum, um, and everything in between. And I think it's, well, you said it well. It's a celebration of Kansas City. We're going to be it's another opportunity to be on the national stage and show off. So. Jason Kelsey, what do you know about him? He's a warrior. He's the leader of the offense, the play caller, um, the vocal guy. Um, he gets everybody going. Um, you know, he speaks. What he does for the offense speaks volumes. Thank you. Hey, Chris, uh, regarding you, know, you good? Yeah. Uh, um, your Super Bowl experience um, to have won one and lost one. Did the win feel as good as the loss felt bad? No, I think the loss felt worse than the win. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I think you learn a lot when you lose. I don't count them as losses. I count them as lessons. You learn a lot. You learn a lot more when you lose than when you win. You know what I mean? Because it's not really much you can learn when you win, but when you lose, you see everything. Um, I think um, that kind of helped this team bring a little fire back in this team. Um, I think this team is more appreciative than we were when we lost. Um, just the journey it took to get here and how hard we we had to work to get here. Um, we had to embrace that. So uh, I think we're appreciative of the loss. You've been part of so many wins and, and so much success here that when you lose a game the way you guys lost that one, um, did you think about it much? I mean, maybe not why, but just how 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 poorly the Chiefs played in that game, you know, both sides. Yeah, um, as a whole, we played poorly, offensive, defensive, uh, special teams. Uh, it was our day. I looked at it as like, hey, sometimes in life it's not your day. And it's okay. You got to take it, take a sucker punch right on the chin, keep your head up, and. Um, 
You'll meet it again. That's what. That's the beautiful thing about life, man. Life is a full 360. You know, um, it comes full circle. You know, um, you know whether it's losing to the Bengals, playing the Bengals this year, and going to the Seattle Championship. So, I, I'm appreciative for uh, this journey. I'm appreciative of how what it took, what it taken to get here, and um, I'm excited about Sunday, man. <laughs> Can you name the five uh, position players, not special, not kickers, but five position players who will have started each of the three Super Bowls? Position player? Yep. Uh, don't matter what player? Yeah, don't matter what player, but for the Chiefs, five guys will have started all three Super Bowls. Frank Clark. Yep. Travis Kelsey. Pat Mahomes. Nick Bolton. Uh, 95. And uh, Derek Knight. <laughs> okay. All right. So just, just five you guys. Wait. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And this speaks to the core of this team, man. Um, the type of guys we brought in to build around their core. Uh, dang, it's only five, huh? Just five. And, Her you know, Harrison and Winchester are a part of that, but position players only. I just thought that has been a lot of turnover, especially this year's team, right? All those rookies and everything. A whole lot of turnover for the Chiefs to keep it going, though. It says a lot about this organization. It says a lot about Andy Reid, man. <laughs> Andy Reid is the best coach in the world. Uh, Brent Beach, the best GM. Mark Donovan, the best president. Clark Hunt is the best owner. <laughs> That'll do it for today from the Super Bowl. Thanks to George Howard for producing today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Jeff Rosen, Scott Chase, and Monty Davis and Randy Mason. I hope you've been following the Chiefs' coverage of the Super Bowl in the Star on KansasCity.com and in my favorite place, the Morning Sports Edition. There have been some great stories from Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Jesse Newell, and Herbie Teope with more great stuff coming this weekend. By the way, to get Morning Sports Edition, go to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Oh, 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 oh,